Okay, we're doing the ad read up at the top. Go to houseofdecline.com and patreon.com slash houseofdecline. You can get so many comics. You give money. You get the idea. Who cares? But I do, because I want money. So go to patreon.com slash houseofdecline. That's H-A-U-S of decline. Today on the show, we have a guest uh, Twitter account. I've admired for a while, love this account, and love the person behind the account who you're gonna who you're gonna hear right now. It's Mr. Chow, or Michael, hey. as I should say. Uh, as I'm going to yeah, call him. you don't have to call me by my poll. I think that's way too formal. We're good. Uh, now, now, Mr. So Chow, <laughs> Mr. Chow, we're gonna get into it right away. Uh, but <laughs> I'm I, on I trial. Mean, that is part of the the. There is something nice about Mr. Chow. There is something authoritative about being Mr. Sure. Chow online. Yeah. Like, did you make a? Was there any decision making behind presenting your name that way, or was it just spur of the moment thinking? Uh, a lot of friends do just call me by my last name because it's like fun to do. It's a it's a one syllable name. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh part of it it's very silly because it is actually my last name but there's partly to like i have some like on anonymity but that kind of doesn't make any sense i'm still mr chow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh i i think it's like to me it's like okay here's 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 a guy that knows about movies he knows about movies oh. so much that he's he's mr chow you know you're not gonna... <laughs> We're not going to go by first names here. We're here to talk about, <laughs> have some opinions about the cinema. <laughs> that is what your account is usually posted. What you're usually posting about is. Uh, I do is often movie. post about movies and let them watch. And I'm not no expert on it. I don't have like a film degree or anything, but I do like movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do too. I, I also have a, a, a casual to somewhat less casual interest mm-hmm. in movies. Yeah. Uh, especially as a comics artist, because you can mm-hmm. learn a lot about comics from watching movies. Uh, oh, certainly. Yeah. It's a good way to learn, learn, like, framing and stuff like that. Yeah. People don't Tone. understand about mm-hmm. blocking. People don't no, know don't. about blocking. They don't, no. they don't consider it. But just, you know, yeah. putting bodies in a, in a rectangle, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much you can do with that to make a frame. Yeah. Yeah. You can make position people in a certain way, and it's, like, either very funny or it's not. Mm-hmm. That's those are the only two options. Here. Those are the only two options. Yep. Um, <laughs> those are the only two types of movies: is funny and not funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, uh, well, that is the basis of those two masks, which you never see anymore. You never sure. see the comedy and drama masks anymore. It is true. What happened to those guys? You know. Yeah. <laughs> they're, miss, they're, miss those guys. Yeah, they're out on the street. You know, they're they're. <laughs> They're doing will do. They're just on the street laughing and crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going hot and cold. It's the mm-hmm. it's all the it's the benzodiazepine withdrawal mm-hmm. that they've been taking to get over their <laughs> sad story <laughs> we're spinning here. I hope, <laughs> but, but there is laughter and tragedy. We have to yeah. keep in mind. Uh, yeah. What what you been you, you've been seeing anything recently anything anything tickle your mind? What recently? is uh, on Friday I went to go, went and saw like a screening of the Heartbreak Kid, which I think is like a really fantastic movie. Have you seen yeah. the Heartbreak Kid? I have not seen the Heartbreak. Oh, Kid. what is the Heartbreak Kid? It's something that sounds like something I should have seen, but I have not seen. It's uh, it's a really good Elaine movie, uh, Elaine May movie about a guy who uh gets married and then while on honeymoon 
starts falling for somebody else and he's just a real dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about bodies in a frame and people that knew how to position bodies in a frame. Elaine May is like, mm -hmm. she was oh, absolutely. incredible at that. Yeah. yeah. Does the Heartbreak Kid feature any of that? Like, like big old faces taking up like half of the foreground? Oh, know? absolutely. Like Charles Grodin is like the lead of it. And he's got so many great little nuanced like micro expressions throughout it. Like, he's, he's one of the best. Oh, yeah. Grodin. We, we all we're big Grodin fans here. Oh, yeah. Uh, for some reason, uh, like about a year or a year and a half ago, people on Twitter were like, hey, have you seen have you seen Clifford? <laughs> oh man i love i've watched that i i saw it as a kid was very scared of it but watched again yeah. <laughs> fairly recently and you know what i didn't even know it at the time very funny movie <laughs> oh yeah yeah but it's like it seems like way ahead of its time it almost Absolutely. has like a tim and eric-ish sensibility to yeah it. i feel like it's kind of like martin short's uh freddie got fingered where it's like a riff on like the evil like the chaotic kid genre <laughs> yeah which i guess you know there had been uh problem child yeah before that uh, and those yeah. movies were very successful and also like mm -hmm. have you ever seen a problem child movie they're fucking unwatchable oh yeah uh, i've seen the first one uh i don't know if i've seen all of them but uh, i've definitely seen the first one yeah uh, I would, yeah, painfully unwatchable. <laughs> it's got John Ritter. I love John Ritter. We love John Ritter. He's, yeah. he's amazing, you know? Yeah. It's amazing that they did that show after he died. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he was replaced sort of by uh, David Spade, who is yeah. not the same energy. <laughs> no, very different, you know, not as chummy, you know, more caustic no. and sure. nasal. Which I guess uh, I feel like you have to replace somebody. You don't want the exact same vibe so that i i get the pathway to it yeah i i I mean that's it's always weird to me when that happens uh mm -hmm. and then the show fizzles out immediately afterwards it happened yeah. with news radio and uh oh sure sure yeah john lovitz replaced phil hartman yeah uh and then there was all that business with uh andy dick being the one that in reintroduced phil hartman's wife back to cocaine yeah apparently and john lovitz got in a fight with andy dick where yeah. he slammed his head on a bar table but i think i love the idea later. of john lovitz like engaging in violence at all that's something i cannot imagine <laughs> in my yeah. mind at all we're gonna engage in fisticuffs <laughs> i'm gonna get your ass <laughs> andy dick you've gone too far i'm going to i'm going to kick your ass yeah. Like, can you imagine him physically shoving someone onto a, like a table? That's impossible for me to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah, because I I guess I just picture him as Jay Sherman, the critic, in my yeah. Uh, he's but, he's the world's best schlubby guy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure he's he's got you know I'm sure he's probably got some he can throw around himself sure. pretty well. Also, you know? like also loved Phil Hartman, so he was clearly very incensed. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I would be. Everybody loved Phil yeah. Hartman. Oh yeah. One of the most beloved guys around. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's sad, but uh, what could have been with Phil Hartman? Yeah, more Lionel Hutz. <laughs> uh, more Lionel Hutz. <laughs> yeah. Well, they weren't they they were like trying to do like a live action spinoff of Troy uh, Troy McClure, which would have been very interesting. Yes, that would have been very interesting. Uh, I wonder if they would have gone more into his fish fetish. <laughs> it's very funny they're doing jokes like that back in like the 90s yeah well i yeah they they sort of prefigure this uh i, I mean we think of can't quote unquote cancellation 
as this new thing but you know sure. everybody's yeah. been dealing with scandals constantly it's always sure. it's, yeah. it's the cycle of fame you know you get famous and then something you would have otherwise not been recognized for comes yeah. to light and you're like ah he's weird sure. oh yeah you need to revive it's also like a riff on like the mysterious sexuality of a lot of celebrities like like the the obvious example is like tom cruise like nobody quite knows what his deal is yeah uh, I'm or John Travolta. Well, we all sure, know yeah. what John Travolta is, sure. but he's less mysterious than <laughs> yeah, yeah. photos of him. You know, at 3 a.m. at some gym and some twink on Instagram is like, oh my Travolta, god, I, I feel... just met John Travolta. <laughs> I feel bad for Travolta. It feels like he's been like struggling with like all of this, and he's like kind of being blackmailed into like not being out, right? Yeah, by Scientology, you think? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, it, I feel like I could heal him. I sure, like yeah. I could, I will give you the bravery, John Travolta. <laughs> you gotta reach out. love, you will. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> John Travolta. Uh, I already have my other project of trying to heal Bam Margera. It's going terribly. Uh, I feel so bad for that guy, too. I know he's probably not the greatest guy either but it seems like everything is hitting him hard yeah you know i mean you know you don't have to have sympathy for someone who's done as much terrible shit as he's done but you know mm -hmm. you you you've had a friend who's been addicted to shit yeah. who's uh, been a hopeless yeah. addict and you, mm -hmm. you want to see them get better because you see the good yeah. qualities in them but they just can't help it and that's always yeah. a, a sad fucking story when you have such little control over your actions and it's ruining mm -hmm. the lives of everyone around you Especially, he was, like, he was like fired from the most recent Jackass, right? Yeah, well, yeah, he didn't participate in the most recent mm -hmm. Jackass. They kept trying to reach out to him. Steve-O kept, hey, man, you gotta get sober. <laughs> uh, That's a pretty good Steve-O. <laughs> he's he's the clown now. Uh, Steve-O uh, Steve went to clown college, so there, there's a link there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, a husky voice clown. We, yeah. He's he's uh, my favorite footage ever is him on the Adam Carolla show. And, you know, <laughs> I'm glad he's sober now. Yeah, I'm sure, like, yeah, yeah. Good, you know, living his life doing the but yeah. he's he is drunk out of his mind. Yeah. On the Adam Carolla show. And he's got I'm gonna choke you into your unconsciousness. <laughs> then he starts slamming his foot against the glass table that's in front of him, but he breaks it. Adam Carolla says, That that was a rental, Steve. That was that was a rental. <laughs> and it goes on like that. And now one is a beloved mm -hmm. figure and the mm -hmm. other is a a strange right wing commentator. Who I guess yeah, has beloved he, is in his. Has own he always arena. been conservative? Because I did used to. I used to listen to Loveline quite a bit in like high school. I, I don't think he was always conservative. No, I think mm. he was, uh, or at least not identify. I think he was just apolitical. And yeah, sure. Whatever's funny, you know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever yeah. makes Doctor Drew laugh. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's funny how Jimmy Kimmel went on to become uh, lib lib man. Mm -hmm. And Corolla's now uh, the the man show hosts have parted ways. Yeah, I wonder if they talk at all, or like if Corolla still shows up. Because uh, I think Corolla used to work on Jimmy Kimmel Live. I don't know if he still shows up at all on that show. Yeah, but they should learn to work together, like that. Uh, yeah, Louis, where Louis C.K. learns to work with Nick DiPaolo. <laughs> <laughs> comes across a little differently now. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, 
I I don't know why I keep watching like shit with him on it. Uh, like I was watching like his his most recent interview with Joe Rogan. I was like, wow, we're really really fully rehabilitated this dude. And in, in are we talking about he... uh, was Louis or Louis or Adam Carolla? Uh, Louis C.K. I should say. Oh, uh, Louis was on uh, Joe Rogan recently. Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh. the whole thing, and he's wearing you know um, he's wearing statement glasses now. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, to show that he has changed uh, but uh you know i haven't seen his special i haven't paid for his special uh, no sure yeah uh, I, I, I i don't know i don't know if i can go back to him uh, uh have i fully have you ever like were you a louis ck fan when he was like, oh, yeah. getting big getting... i mean yeah i mean i think like uh, say, uh he's a very bad man but say what you will about him he certainly was very funny and yeah. very influential to like a lot of stand up, obviously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's the thing about comedy, which I think people miss a lot of the time is some reason people get it in their head is if you're funny, you're mm-hmm. also a good person. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, you can. Uh, there, there are a lot of very talented, bad people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. I love it when a bad person is talented, because then I have to have a whole <laughs> conflicted morality play inside my head about whether whether i can enjoy them or not but that's part of of enjoying the art to me you know sure yeah like no yes he's so talented but he's evil oh no it is it's certainly like a window into i think i think you have to think of this thing as like windows into these people's souls versus like endorsing any of it Mm -hmm. yeah well, like Schrader also, is like very, like Paul Schrader, I think is a very good artist. He's very clearly also a very fucked up man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about James Dean earlier. Have you the whole oh, Canyons sure. saga? Have you? Oh sure. <laughs> uh, I'm like I'm like uh, sort of aware of what happened. Was it, it was just like a clusterfuck of a movie, right? Yeah, it was. And he, he hired Lindsay Lohan, and Lindsay wouldn't okay. come out of her trailer, so Paul oh. Schrader dropped trow in front of her in order. Lindsay, Wait, why? I'm naked. Yeah, the, it. Oh, I didn't oh, know this. That's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. There, there was articles written on it that Brett Easton Ellis, because it was his thing, was also involved, and so he was. Sure. Being, he was Wait, did Brett? Easton, is it based on one of his books, or did he write it? Write the movie? I think both. It was he wrote the okay. play, and it's one of his books as well. Okay. But yeah, that's a whole. That's a that's a whole history of the 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 yeah. canyons. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because like I I don't think I'll ever watch more Louis uh, material, but. I'm still going to watch the next Paul Schrader, probably. Yeah. Or, you know, who it, it's interesting who we make those uh, exceptions for. Mm-hmm. You know, a big one for me is like, oh, John Landis. So I don't know. Oh, sure. Yeah. Killed those people. But Werner yeah. Herzog, you know, mm-hmm. he also killed some people. <laughs> uh, was it like during a Fitzcarraldo? Yeah, Did, like... Fitzcarraldo. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, In much, you know, the same situation of like a negligence on on his part i don't know oh, i can't sure. i don't i'm going off half cocked i don't yeah. know the whole story but you Bernard know like Bernard's like very interesting because i feel like he's like almost rebranded as like this very cuddly like weird grandpa character yeah yeah when he was associated with the absolute fringes of society yeah. in the seven you know and it was like working very consistently with uh klaus uh kinski who was a <laughs> yeah, monster yeah yeah his best friend <laughs> Yeah, it's part of this kaleidoscopic nightmare of eternal reference that we live under. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's John Waters showing up in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. And Alvin <laughs> yeah, I've seen yeah. King Flamingos. 
Yeah, John Waters, I feel like I've that my first exposure to John Waters was his Simpsons episode. And yeah, I think that's probably most people's yeah. first impression of him. Uh they call him annual gift man and he lives up. <laughs> Although the Yale suburbs were in Doctari. Yeah, I love that. I can quote every <laughs> line from that fucking yeah. episode. And John Waters is, I don't think he's a bad guy probably, but it's like very interesting that he was like a very controversial figure for some time. And now it's just kind of like everybody's like uncle. Yeah, he's cuddly. You know, he yeah. made the money. Now he gets to be, uh, now he gets to be cuddly. Yeah. Or it's like, uh, I mean, I guess that just happens if you live long sure. enough and you don't yeah. uh, end up destitute if you still sure. are well known or in the public yeah. so i like i like how angela davis you know she got arrested mm. now sure. she just gets to chill out she's got tenure you <laughs> yeah. know let her chill out okay yeah <laughs> you know, yeah let her have it yeah. yeah uh but yeah who who i'm willing to like i, I can still watch like roman polanski movies too yeah that is like a, i i all for some reason i make some exception for like older movies <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because it was different back then, you know. Like for every, you know, if we're if we're going on the seventies, you know, all yeah. the rock stars are done. Sure. They're all the sure. worst people on earth. Sure, yeah, you know, yeah. Like Tyler. I love David Bowie. David Bowie's probably like kind of a monster. Yeah, just a little bit, you know. He was <laughs> whatever. We yeah. we don't have to litigate. It was different back then, okay. It <laughs> you know, and but it's like interesting because I will not give the uh, like I I still watch old Polanski's. I probably will not watch any Woody Allen movies again until he dies. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I think the difference is like, especially with film, it's the mm. work of so many people. Sure. Uh, as yeah. opposed to just, it's easier to block them that that out in your head. That one yeah. guy, you know, That's even true. if it is the creative director of the movie, you mm -hmm. know you know that it's not just his movie it's also mm. jack nicholson's and sure. dunaways and yeah uh, yeah uh, i guess I'm. it's different too if like they make themselves the forefront of it like woody allen it's very hard to separate because he is the lead of so many of his own movies yeah uh same I've, with like louis yeah yeah if you if it's all about your personality mm -hmm. when the inevitable horrible thing is revealed about you mm -hmm. you know people yeah have a harder time divorcing it yeah, on the flip, like John Landis, he's not the lead of Coming to America, so I'm gonna watch my Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I can I can still watch uh, Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> Wait, did he direct the? Sequel I don't think too? he directed Blues oh, Brothers. I, that would have been so cool. I can still watch The Stupids. Uh, <laughs> that's just a movie I actually like a lot. <laughs> I have seen The Stupids, but I heard it's I heard it's like a live action Simpsons, basically, right? Yeah, it's. It's yeah, definitely cartoonish. Uh, okay, uh, it's uh, it was something that I've seen as saw as a kid, and I, mm. I haven't seen since. But sure, it, it made a powerful enough impression on me that sure. I think about it to this day. You were you were a Tom Arnold head as yeah, many really. '90s Americans were. Loved, loved my TA, you know. When he showed up in Austin Powers, I lost. My <laughs> you know, he was he was coaching him on. He thought Austin Powers was pooping. Uh -huh. But he was get Austin Powers was getting choked. You see, yeah, uh, yeah, you know that good bit, <laughs> very funny bit. Yeah, I love that bit. I love that. We gotta, <laughs> gotta revive that bit. I love <laughs> terrible bits. Do you oh, love yeah. terrible bits? Because I, I do. I I think I I'm I'm not above being juvenile or crude. I think that's all very funny. Oh yeah, 
as long as it's well executed i think a smart there's nothing better than a smart dumb joke oh yeah uh like the i mean the best of that is like top secret or like the sure. airplane movie the, the oh yeah i loved all those yeah even later zucker even scary movie three like it, yeah. the the cameron Mannheim's hat getting progressively bigger is such a great <laughs> dumb joke one that i yeah. wish i thought of or i like yeah. those those scary movies are funny. I uh, I rewatched them kind of recently. They're certainly stuff that is not aged well, but like it's there's a lot of funny stuff in there. Yeah, I remember two is being unusually bad compared to the mm. other ones, but maybe. But I'm it does have Chris Elliott. Yes, it does have Chris Elliott as a gross guy. Yeah, which uh, that's enough for me. He's playing a gross guy. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think it's very funny that that's both how people see him, and that's what he's leaned into. <laughs> sure. Uh, He's a well, because now that you've mentioned Chris Elliott, mm. I'm sure I don't know this about you, but I'm almost mm. positive that you're a, a get a life slash cabin boy head. I've actually never seen either movie, to be honest. Really? It, I've seen, I'm a big fan of like Eagleheart, but I've not seen those two projects. I know I need to get into get a life because I hear it's like it's a very bold show. It's uh, it's a show I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, mm. it's it's very I, I came to know and love it because i was a big fan of dr octagon yeah. and for some reason in dr octagon the producer put a lot of get a life references in okay it for, uh, interesting cabin boy references in it as well what year was uh get a life uh 93 94 okay think. but so like yeah. I, I was born but i guess it was like i was not watching that then but i i think it's i could probably find it now i'll get into it now yeah yeah it's on piracy i'm sure or sure. i guess it's i guess it's owned by disney now perplexing oh. enough because it was is it on disney truck. plus i don't know if they have get a life <laughs> i don't know if the big get a life heads are up there yeah but, yeah i'm a big fan of chris elliott because yeah. i like that gross guy character yeah disgusting man character yeah he's always funny on like letterman i've seen him so many times on letterman yeah oh yeah uh because letterman produced cabin boy too letterman yeah. was big into chris elliott's corner sure. had that sort but of he like he didn't he disown cabin boy though letterman <laughs> it's which is like so mean to do to one of your own guys <laughs> <laughs> hey it was too ahead of the too ahead of its time even for yeah. david you know sure yeah another guy who he, talk about a guy who just shouldered his cancellation incredibly that's well true and you know came yeah. out of it you know no worse for the wear I guess it's because he just like fully addressed it, and that's I guess all you can really do. <laughs> yeah, you just just cop to it, you know. Yeah. So many people try and avoid it. You sure. know? All you have to do is yes, I was a sexual harasser. <laughs> that's my terrible David Letter. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. It's uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, did like a little bit of, like a lisp on there, but I think it was like worked out okay. Paul, Paul, play us off there. Hey, I can't do it. It's turning into yeah. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, fucking uh yeah the, the the movies the pictures uh we were talking before before this about uh ari aster mm -hmm. always afraid the new yeah the new uh enfant terrible mm -hmm. using that phrase correctly the new enfant terrible <laughs> the movie scene uh uh you offered some thoughts on it earlier can you summarize them I, I, I think it starts off very strong. I think it's like very funny for the first like hour and a half or so. And then I think it kind of, uh, I, I think it starts to have some problems. I think it starts to, I think it just feels like it's a movie that thinks it's smarter and deeper than it is, but it's still, it's not the worst movie. 
Mm -hmm. People were having, I, I noticed some takes on it where it was like, uh, uh, there's a depiction of homelessness in this movie, mm -hmm. which is frankly, you know, disturbing, or it's like a very classist or very. It is definitely. I mean, it does make uh, the homeless look very scary. Uh, uh, but there, uh, there is something to just a movie that's that hateful. <laughs> it's at least like an ethos, <laughs> and that stuff is like stronger because it at least feels like it's his own personal anxieties. Yeah, because it's from the perspective of this uh, particularly sheltered yeah. weirdo. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I like those statement pieces, those, like, overlong statement pieces mm -hmm. uh, when someone gets a little too big for their britches. I always, mm -hmm. uh, an another A24 movie that was like that, like there are some sort of genre of movie. <laughs> it, you know, they're related by their distribution. You know what he says, like, oh, the, the Paramount movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Paramount movie. Uh, but um, uh, uh, did you see Men? Uh, I did see Men. Uh, yeah, that's another movie that whose ideas, I think, exceeded its, uh, exceeded yeah, its grasp. It kind of does. Uh, it's very surface level movie. Uh, I, I don't hate Garland. I like a lot of Garland's movies. Oh, yeah. I like Garland yeah. a lot. Yeah, I like Garland a lot, too. Uh, that one, I feel I, I think it's it's it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I feel like there's there's a type of writing that I think is very interesting that I see. That I, I I will like clock some directors for using this type of writing. I think like Ryan mm -hmm. Johnson does it, and Christopher mm -hmm. Nolan does it, and Edgar Wright does it, mm -hmm. where they think of like a big visual set piece first, mm -hmm. sure, and then they write their plot around trying to get to that set piece. Sure, yeah. Um, which is you know I felt like that's like explains a lot of sort of the the what I would describe as sort of a meandering quality to The Last Jedi is because mm. Ryan Johnson thought of that big, cool spaceship crash first. That's like <laughs> the first thing he thought of. It's like, okay, mm. how the fuck do we get to this? <laughs> how do we? I don't agree we... with like that specific subplot. I actually do like that movie quite a bit. I think the Luke stuff is like very interesting, but I will, I'm not a huge fan of that particular subplot other than that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also because I, I didn't, Let's let's relitigate. Let's go on all the films. Yeah, yeah, relitigating Last Jedi. We're going it's back Last to 2017. Yeah, or, right. 2017 was that when it came out? I think so. I can't. Okay, we're going we're going back in time. Going back all the way. We're gonna raise Mary Sue. <laughs> oh, no. bite was bad. Uh, <laughs> I actually uh, kind of I kind of love the Canto bite stuff. Yeah, I like it's it's just like a shaggy dog story that I think uh, Lucas would like anywhere. the Canto Bite stuff especially. Yeah, it's got Justin Thoreau shows up Canto for some Thoreau. reason. Got a bunch of weird little guys, which uh, is very much in the Lucas like universe. Yeah, yeah, very Lucasian. Yeah, uh, he loves little guys. He loves puppets. Mm -hmm. uh, he likes heavy-handed uh, metaphors for mm -hmm. <laughs> for political sure. happenings. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, the original Star Wars uh, was his overt statement about American imperialism. Sure. Saying that yeah. he even based the fucking Ewoks off of the Viet Cong. That's so funny. He made, like, the Vietnamese people into little teddy bear yeah. people. Yeah, well, it's very you know. funny. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think the Ewoks, I, if you like stuff, I, I think they're interesting, and I, they're not the worst. I, I'm, I'm pro-Ewok. Yeah, I like the Ewoks. I like that they go yub-nub. I like that. Yeah. I like that. For some reason, one of the lines of the Ewok language is uh, Toronto gosh. 
is one of the three PO says, and I was from, I'm being from Toronto. Like sure. they mentioned it it's in a movie. It's in Star Wars now. They they love it now. Yeah. Um, well, it's like a, it's like how in the I think the prequels there's like the Tuscan Raiders. Like George, you know, like Tuscany is like a real place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Fucking uh, the the Tucson Raiders. You should have called them the Tucson Raiders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, fucking, uh, yeah, I, I really, the thing about The Last Jedi, here's the mm. thing about The Last Jedi that no sure. one has ever said before. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, it's not that I liked it or I didn't like it. It's just that mm. I had no feeling. It was sort of the same way that I felt about The Force Awakens, where it just ah. felt like, even though this was something, you know, markedly different and had sort of a relatively mm. auteurist voice, in johnson mm -hmm. behind it sure. it still felt very much like okay we're just going through the motions here mm. uh, this is all playing out with a predictable because mm. uh, because it does you know it, the movie itself is like a commentary on like the the flawed nature of monomythic structure right mm -hmm. which yeah. is why it has all those asides and why it has luke mm -hmm. burning the old jedi texts you know yeah. and, uh, mm -hmm. but then it ends up becoming the monomythic structure sure. at the end which sure. i think is very fun because you have to keep the franchise moving you know you sure, have to, yeah, yeah. the franchise is you know uh, a monomyth yeah, or you know, uh, some people have said that the prequels deconstruct that as well. In a... I think uh, I think the prequels are very flawed, but interesting in that way too. Where it's very much like uh, it's it's the idea that like these icons are broke, and these are not other kind of failures, which I think is like very interesting. Yeah, people, I I feel like uh, there are certain Star Wars fans that are have in more recent years become very pro lucas which nobody really was in the 2000s yeah yeah but they very much position like lucas versus like the last jedi but i feel like they are riffing on the exact same themes yeah they are riffing on but i guess one comes more from the fevered mind of a very specific guy sure. and one comes more it, one seems more directed by this um uh disney-ish smoothness that you know even in the ryan johnson product which is the mm -hmm. unsmooth disney product there sure. is still a smoothness to it as well there's still sure. like um a lack of a lack of weight you know mm. something that uh, they, they criticize the prequels of how like physically mm. the movies just don't feel weighty because it was all shot mm. in front of a green screen but i sure i don't know i felt that even more with the with the force awakens and uh the other movies i certainly that. feel that about the force awakens I, I i genuinely do like the last jedi quite a bit i think there are like a lot of very cool set pieces in that movie oh yeah yeah definitely i mean because ryan johnson i think he thinks of good he's a good visual mm -hmm. director like yes. i like i found glass onion a little annoying but i thought mm -hmm. it looked pretty good sure you know it does look good. I, yeah i i like the big set piece of the onion yeah. exploding that the, which he so thought too. of th first you know? yeah yeah i, I think, think people always say like that. yeah people always like oh that's got it's got like the netflix like look on it i feel like it looks better than that <laughs> yeah it doesn't look like the gray man no, like, sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, not to harp on the Russos, although everyone hates the Russos now sure. because they're like saying AI will will replace us. Oh shoot. man, it's such such a crazy thing to say uh, right before the writers' strike. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's pretty the fucked WGA up, actually. Big strike going on. Yeah, 
what happened to these guys? What what made the Russos like this? Is it just giving themselves over fully to Mamon? Or I think so. I think like as TV directors, they were pretty good, but like that's very much a hired gun sort of position. Yeah. So maybe they've never had. I don't know. I, I, maybe they've just never had too strong of a voice of their own. Yeah. Like, what is the Russo style? The Russo style. I'm not is sure. A pastiche of other styles. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least with Ryan Johnson, I can think of, you know, certain attributes or qualities of yeah. his movies that make them distinctive. Like I could, if not knowing a movie was a Ryan Johnson movie, mm-hmm. I could probably pick it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say like, well, first of all, I think Ryan Johnson is like a much better writer and filmmaker. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, he's actually got, well, Brick. I was never too fond of Brick. But okay, that was his I like Brick movie. Sure, sure. You're a Brick fan. What do you like about Brick? Tell me what you like about Brick. Uh, I mean, it does feel like a first movie, but I think it's fun to do like this noir about a high school. I think it's got a lot of. I think it's a very tightly written script. It's fun. Yeah. I don't love it, but I think it's fun. Yeah, it's like a, a Looper. I I, I like yeah. Looper a lot. Looper. I did too, actually. Uh, really well. Yeah. And, uh, even though if you think about his his movies are like where they seem tight they seem mm, like they're mm-hmm. good tightly wound scripts but yeah. if you think about them a little more you know it's sure. like oh you know but it, it doesn't have to make sense it just has yeah, to make sense within the flow of the movie it's like that's the magic of the movies is that like it's pulling this magic trick on you and i do feel like that's in johnson like he is pulling he knows he's pulling a magic trick on you yeah um What's like a like? I'm trying to think of a movie where the hard sell is the tight plotting, or like the meticulous, mm-hmm. like for for Breaking okay. Bad. It's that's not mm-hmm. a movie, but it's the first thing I can sure. think of where like yeah. meticulous plotting, or like Bra- Better Call Saul, where sure. the like meticulous plotting is uh, part of the sell of it, where you, you get to see like, things pay off. Breaking Bad is very interesting though, because I think like from like season three onwards, it's actually like something they didn't plan out too much. Yeah. And it's like very fascinating that it is it is associated with like it's like very clockwork storytelling. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. maybe just like that they're very good at improvising. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably true. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they retcon. I think they I think they realized they made Skylar too unlikable in the first sure. couple of seasons, so they yeah. sort of pedal back that aspect of her character. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, I know that like. Jesse was supposed to die in the first season, yeah, and it's yeah. like good they didn't do that. Yeah, because he's very charismatic. Yeah. Yeah. We're on to break. We're on to Skyler discourse. We're going through all the. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going back we're on to Skyler discourse. Uh, <laughs> no, she's. I, I. I have no. I. I'm not interested in Skyler discourse. I think she's a no. good character. Yeah, I think, I think she's fun. She's. She's. She's fun. You know. Even when she's like being like unlikable in that first season, uh, a lot of people think like she's funny. Yeah, yeah, and also that's like. That she's not being unlikable in an unusual way. You, the no. reason why you think she's her husband is like keeps leaving the house and disappearing for long periods. Yeah, you know, she's <laughs> a little on edge. Deserves to yeah. be a little on edge. Yeah. Uh. I, so um, we were talking about uh, we're talking about other uh, A twenty four darlings. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Talking, talking about other A twenty four darlings. Um. Uh. What what do you think of the Robert Eggers trilogy of movies? Um, I like uh, I like uh, the Witch and uh, the Lighthouse quite a bit. I thought the Northland was pretty good. Uh, I don't love that one as much as the other two, but I thought it was all right. Yeah, I wonder if it had been in black and white, 
Maybe. <laughs> sure, maybe. 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 I have enjoyed it more. <laughs> I uh, think, like, The Lighthouse is just, like, such a funny movie. Oh, yeah. It's really a funny movie. Uh, it's that's that's the voices in my head. It's, you know, young, <laughs> young gadabout and old mm-hmm. farting man, you know? Yeah. Those are the two wolves inside of me. Per the and I think shape. somebody was like commenting on like something that like I think is like very cool, unique about Eggers is that he is like a very clearly interested in like history, like feel like a historian, but he like very much takes like the concerns of the time like very seriously. I think it was Jamel Boo saying this, but like the witch, the witch is real. Mm-hmm. And like in uh, the Northmen, like it takes the Norse mythology very seriously. Yeah. Like there's real magic in the world. Like the movie, there's no like denying that in those films. I think that's very cool. Yeah, I think I mean like the the scenes of the Northmen where the magic is happening. Those are the scenes mm-hmm. that are most interesting to me. Yeah, and certainly. the movie sort of gets a little slow in between those scenes sometimes. Yeah. Whereas I, I think you know in the previous Eger movies, there's more you know there's more magic happening in every yes. scene you know yeah which is why i think it it contributes to their sort of heightened more sustainedly mm-hmm. sustainedly nightmarish tones yeah okay i like eggers though kind of generally I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever he puts out next yeah yeah and uh i guess the other problem with the northman and it's not necessarily a problem but it does feel like because it was in color it fell prey to the mm-hmm. sort of digital grayness that all mm. movies s- sort of suffer from now uh what do you mean by that uh you, well you know how and we were we were making fun of the russos uh, as being part of it you know mm, they sure. literally directed yeah. a movie called the gray man but <laughs> sure. you, you say you go back to like the 70s and you're watching a technicolor movie or you're, oh, yeah. you're not watching mm-hmm. it but uh, colors were a lot more saturated or there was a sure. style that appreciated a lot Certainly. more saturation or when yeah. i saw triple r recently or r or however you say it's like oh wow these colors are they pop they're so much oh yeah they're very vibrant candy candy ish than yeah. what we got now, which is this sort of um, uh, visual style that emphasizes emphasizes browns and grays sure. and earth tones, and you know, what do you what do you think that is? Do you have you noticed that trend? I do think there was like kind of an effort in the two thousands when like digital became very big, and I, I'm not gonna poo poo like all digital. I think there's a lot of very interesting things you can do with digital filmography, but there was like an attempt to capture a certain realness versus like I don't know. I do like that movies uh, have an unrealness about them. And I think yeah. a lot of movies are not approached that way. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a very like almost docu style that started. No, it didn't start there. That's wrong to say, but there was certainly like an effort towards like a docu style during the two thousands that I think is like sort of carried on. Yeah. I think uh, people would place maybe not the blame for that, but a person who I, I don't think gets mentioned a lot, but is very influential is Paul Greengrass. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like those Bourne movies or like, well, that was like kind of what he was trying to do before with like Sunday Bloody Sunday, where he's doing like actual like sort of docu style to capture these real events. But it is interesting that he's brought that to genre filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting how like our idea of verisimilitude uh, verisimilitudity I, I was trying to use a big word that I was <laughs> anyway uh, uh, but because like the exorcist in the 70s you know that mm. was William Friedkin trying to do documentary style mm. filmmaking uh, mm-hmm. within the context of a horror film sure. but it still comes across as you know a lot more stagey and a lot more oh, yeah. uh, heightened than yeah. this modern version of uh, verisimilitude which is mm. uh, 
you know, once again, these sort of browns and grays and sure. sort of uh, lack of yeah lack of wanting to create something sort of iconic or vaguely yeah. surreal or even just resisting putting spotlighting on people yeah. because it, it seems like uh you know oh that's that's unrealistic it's what yeah it's not what we're trying to do yeah it's like very interesting to compare like say like a lot of the modern marvel movies where like they're going for like they want to be taken seriously so they're like not going so silly with the costumes and like the lighting versus like even like an early 2000s comic movie where like, oh, we're not very good, but every single one of them was very stylized. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, or even just Raimi, which I I will argue sure. all oh, the I love Raimi. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man mm-hmm. are good, including mm-hmm. the yeah, Maligned fantastic. One. Yeah, that movie is fun. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah it's not amazing, I, but it's good. I, I really like so many. I love the Sandman creating himself sequence in yeah. that movie. I love yeah. uh, Emo Parker. All of Emo Parker is good. I don't care. Yeah, Emo Parker is very funny. I think people were expecting, which part of it is just the marketing and also just like the uh, the uh, the idea of Venom. Uh, people are expecting something much darker, but it's Sam Raimi. He's going to do his thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't see his Doctor Strange, but I, I what people were saying was that uh, that early Spider-Man sort of Mm. Uh, cartoonishness doesn't necessarily translate to a more stylistically restrained MCU. Yeah, I think like uh, that movie is not the worst, but I do think it does feel, I don't know, it does feel like he's being held back and is occasionally allowed to do like his Raimi sequences, which even then kind of just feel like him playing the hits in a way, in a way that's like not fresh. Eh, well, you know, what can yeah. you do? If they, get, if they have a dump truck of your money, a dump <laughs> truck of money, they pull up to your house. Yeah. Say, hey, direct this movie. You won't get to be as stylistically unique as you were when you were 30. <laughs> I like really miss like the Raimi of that, that time period, which I, I was hoping like after Drag Me to Hell, he would kind of go full force in that, which I, I guess he has not done. No, well, I'm sure he's got to have one more in him. I, 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 I there's so. got to be one more Raimi in there that's like yeah. exceeds Oz the Great and Powerful. Sure. <laughs> or, uh, it, I think there's another one in between uh, the. He Oz did the Ash versus Evil Dead pilot, which I think is act that feels very much in tone. So he like still has that in him. Yeah. Yeah. That's another show which I like, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I it's not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never. I actually never finished it, but I enjoy spending time with Bruce Campbell. Yeah, uh, it has a lot of like it has a lot of like uh, fuck crustable style dialogue in it. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, you know, uh, which is fine. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could write a television show better. And at least it has sure. really really fucked up gore in it, which is what. You yeah, want. it's got a lot of like real like uh, syrupy blood, and you know, like I just do think like the Bruce Campbell charm. It, it's it's gonna sell a lot. Sell a lot. Yeah, yeah. People uh, on Twitter have been recently rediscovering Briscoe, the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Uh, I've actually never seen Briscoe County Jr. I've seen uh, Jack of All Trades Jack for whatever of all reason. Trades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that show was funny. Yeah, that uh, show fucking rules. But Briscoe County Jr. was like more of like it wasn't serious, but it was like more of like a it took the pulp seriously, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, Jack of All Trades was just wall to wall ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's strange that uh, yeah they were having and, and they were posting his bits in the Hudsucker proxy. And, and sure, thinking, yeah. Why can't this big chin man? Why couldn't <laughs> he have been a thing? Why couldn't <laughs> we have put him in more big movies? 
Yeah, I think, I don't know. He just looks, he's obviously incredible. It's very hard to put like a man that looks exactly like an action figure into everything. Yeah, yeah he's too, he's too distinct looking. In order to mm-hmm. be a big star, you have to have like generic face, somewhat of a generic face. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or maybe I'm wrong about that, but uh, <laughs> you know, could you could you pick Rock Hudson out of a lineup? Could you <laughs> identify Rock Hudson's face? <laughs> I guess like Clooney looks like very interesting, but like Clooney, I, well, he looks like a very traditional like '40s leading man, but he's still a star. Yeah, uh, who who is the most like? I guess we have a lot of like distinctively. There's some distinctively weird looking hot people. Like, yeah, like Adam Driver is like a big deal. Yeah, yeah. He and he looks like one of those cats. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, but I do think it's true that there, at least especially nowadays, like there is like a very sameness with the way that people look hot now, and like there are not very there's there 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 there's no modern Peter Falk or something. <laughs> um, who's uh, the the ultimate generic face actor has to be a guy like Sam Worthington, right? Sure, yeah, which, uh, you know, I'll say, I think he's, like, turned his acting skills around. I think he's very good in Avatar, but you're right that he just kind of looks like a guy. But I always get him confused with, like, Joel Kinnaman or, like, mm, sure, Taylor sure. Sheridan. Yeah. Or, like, there's, like, this endless army of, like, yeah. uh, just brown-haired white dudes. Yeah. Who are, who are, they like, all look like different, like, carpet samples or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or it was like the problem with the, the, like a bunch of the AAA video games for a while. Mm. The protagonists were just you know Nathan Drake clones. Oh, sure, sure. Down here, white guys. Yeah, that all looked vaguely similar. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it, yeah, it precludes someone with a facial feature that mm-hmm. that distinctive. Someone who yeah. you could pick out of a lineup for some reason. Oh, certainly. Yeah, they get relegated I... to character actor status. Yeah, I think like I don't know. I, I feel like nowadays. Uh... We don't, we, I, we do have stars, I guess, but we certainly, the movies do not revolve around the stars in the same way. It's yeah. more about like VIP or like whatever. I don't know. Why, why do you think that, it, why do you think we have eschewed stars? I think it's like probably easier for this studio to kind of push their goals around if there are not people that can kind of throw their weight around in that way like tom cruise is able to make a tom cruise movie mm-hmm. and like he it kind of dictates the terms of like what a tom cruise movie is i don't know if we have too much of that anymore yeah i i think some of it must be because everyone has sort of a personal stake in fame now like it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to become just famous on your own now sure. so yeah. having a big name is mm-hmm. worth less than ever mm, sure yeah like, uh, I don't know, like, I always think a lot about, like, I do think uh, Chris Evans can be good. I feel like he is kind of stuck in this very generic mold. Yeah. Uh, I loved him in Not Another Teen Movie. Yeah, there, I, <laughs> he used to be, like, very funny, and he would kind of just play into, like, being a, like, I think he's, uh, like, a dirtbag. I think he's, like, very funny in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would like to see more evil, he's funny in Knives Out as an asshole. Yeah. He's, he's, he's very he's funny. He's a very that. good villain character. I would like yeah. to see him in more villainous roles, but mm-hmm. um, I think there's also a pressure on you when you're a face. But he's like, once you're a villain, kid, you're always mm-hmm. losing. You know, it's like sure. that scene in Once Upon a Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And I like like any interesting actor like does not care as much about that. Yeah, 
like uh who's who's interesting who's taking those weird roles that's like a, i mean I like guess I think robert adam, pattinson robert pattinson weird roles and like i think we were talking about adam driver very much is like fine with playing a variety of characters uh-huh uh i loved annette I was a big fan of annette oh annette is so good that's a movie <laughs> that i was like i didn't understand the first time i like just like vibe wise like i was not on the level with it but i when i saw it again like oh i get what this movie is yeah it's a weird opera it's a, yeah. a melodramatic opera, but mm-hmm. about, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I'm not huge into Sparks, but they have mm. that sort of acerbic satirical quality to the yeah. music. Mm-hmm. And I found it very interesting that what's, what's his name? And it's not Humbert Humbert. It's Henry Henry. <laughs> what's, what's uh, <laughs> Humbert Humbert. Uh, uh, Henry O'Henry? Henry Henry. So, something like that. Something like yeah. That, Henry, yeah. Henry, Henry. Um, but yeah, that disgusting comedian character is like, yeah. I wondered if, I wondered if they took any inspiration that from, uh, from Louis CK or, sure. or, you know, some, some larger, uh, cancellation story yeah. in our society that seems to be the thing that undergirds our, our relationship yeah. to fame and entertainment yeah. and media. Oh, certainly. It feels like a weird, like, mix of louis and like bo burnham for whatever reason <laughs> yeah yeah there is a bo burnhamish quality to yeah sort of an inspirational quality to his, uh, his comedy or like he's like very self-aware of like his fame yeah yeah that's uh that's i mean bo burnham's fine he's not yeah he's fine me. to me yeah, no it's not for me either but i don't hate him no, I don't have that. I don't have that enduring hatred that some people have of it. I guess because mm. he's Reddit, you know, and some people really sure. hate Reddit stuff. Ooh, I'm like Reddit. so tired of like, I feel like everything is Reddit now. You got to start like separating it by like the subreddits. At this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a useful term anymore because you no. just use it to anything that's vaguely mainstream or. Yeah. You know, uh nerdy but it, it it is a nice cutting thing that you can say to somebody because sure. there's nothing you can say against it yeah i am reddit sure everything <laughs> we're all we're all reddit all the way down uh so you are you are an animator as we established before sure. uh, yeah I, I a question that i asked to branson reese or uh, mm, i love branson reese. the cartoons yeah people that know know about some cartoons or about the looney tunes is uh, mm-hmm. i think a lot of your character can be judged by whether uh of the three directors of the mm. three looney tunes directors of tex avery mm-hmm. bob clampett and chuck jones which mm. which of the three do you choose i think like tex avery is like the funniest out of the three so i they would probably gravitate to tex avery interesting because yeah. uh tex avery i associate with anger and horny oh sure yeah 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 no absolutely those are definitely his defining qualities yeah yeah um but i he i would say yeah he is the funniness just in terms of that inventiveness that pure Mm -hmm. physical comedy like morphing Mm -hmm. characters into stuff using visual metaphor and cartoon language yeah there's Mm -hmm. no one else did it like him ever Mm -mm. uh i'm a chuck jones guy because my what i say is that is avery is like there's that anger. There's that visceral anger there. Mm-hmm. Clamp it. There's that zaniness. There's a mm-hmm. wow, wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, with Jones, there's like this. There's this sly cuteness to it. There's sure. always this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, all of the characters are clever and big cheeked and big eyed. Yeah. And have uh, which I think, uh, you know, uh, 
all of that is part of why we're all furries now. Everyone is. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're all into those big eyelashes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It was, it was Chuck Jones. Chuck Jones knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> I do guess, like, stylistically, like, I'm kind of unable to not draw cute. I don't know why I can't draw, like, realistically. So, uh, I don't know. I guess I on that level, I do get Chuck Jones in that way. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that instinctual tact towards... Also, it just, like, makes your characters more sympathetic to give them the sure. big eyes. That's the classic yeah. Disney thing. Give yeah, them the big absolutely. eyes, you know? Yeah. Your, your characters look more neotenous. They sure. look more childlike. Sure. And thus uh, more uh, innocent. But also like helps you like get in like a little bit more meanness and crudeness. Like I I think your comics are very funny, but like they're very cute and also like very crude. Yeah, well, because it's like uh, the the simpler you go or mm-hmm. the simpler you make something, uh, the easier it is for it to be universally relatable. I think mm-hmm. certainly. Um, and the more specific you make something, uh, the the more chance you have of alienating people. Sure, sure uh which is you know i don't know i don't know what how to go in art sometimes mm-hmm. do i make the yeah. specific thing and do the thing that nobody will appreciate except for mm. me sure. you know and of course you know there's a value in doing that but um there's also like something that i tell myself uh other times is uh mm-hmm. You know, part of art or part of communication is trying to get an idea across to a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. not just a specific crowd of people. You know, is sure. there a way that you could be phrasing something as to yeah. make it more inclusive? Sure. But will this phrasing, you know, diminish the message or the idea at the core mm-hmm. of, of your artwork? You know, that's always the push and pull. Yeah, it's a very like, uh, I think a very hard, uh, it's, a, it's a dance you have to pull where it should... I think if your work is good enough, I think people will like it. And I think you being uniquely you, if I think you're able, if I think you will, should have to like learn how to make that those sort of feelings feel universal. But like it should still be uniquely you. Uh, we were talking earlier about uh, sometimes it's hard to do that because if your feelings are sort of very specific and intense, mm. you know, sure. something that turns off a lot of people. Yeah, we were talking earlier about Kelly Reichardt and how. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went to see Bo is Afraid, and that was yes. a packed theater. But you went to see Kelly Reichardt's what's what's her new movie? Called? Uh, showing up, showing up, and even even that, you know, it couldn't. Yeah. They're fair, not as packed of an audience. Yeah, it's um, very very uh, very quiet audience. Yeah, and her movie, you know, her movies are obviously brilliant, and you know, mm-hmm. she's the best of her class, uh, the mm-hmm. best of her uh, generation Absolutely. of filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, but they're not they're not top sellers because mm-hmm. they're intentionally alienating to some degree. Sure. Yeah. Um. But do you always want to be do, do you want to be doing that? Oh, sometimes I guess it's yeah. what you can't help but do as well. Yeah. You know, it's uh, what becomes. I do think that... mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You, you go. You go. I think there is like I don't know. There's like a way to translate like your very specific feelings into something. Universal, I think, especially if you're able to smuggle it through, like, genre. Like, I do think a lot about how, like, David Chase originally wrote uh, a pilot, which was just about him and his mother, and it was, like, about, like, a Hollywood writer that's, like, struggling. And, like, his friends are like, this is boring. There's, like, a million stories about, like, a Hollywood writer. So he made himself into, like, a mafia, a mafioso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, how do I make my mommy issues interesting? Oh, if a mobster yeah. has these mommy issues. <laughs> yeah. It's much more interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that is a good example of... So maybe Kelly Reichardt, what she should do is she... she should <laughs> I'm not saying Kelly Reichardt should all do All of that. her fears about alienation and, you know, <laughs> and sort of the inability to recoup lost time, you know, all of her themes and, you know, get Tony Soprano in there. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. I want to yeah. see... Well, you know, I thought First Cow was real good. And I like her westerns quite a bit. It'd be kind of interesting to see what her take on like a mafia movie would be. Yeah, I mean, she's done a, she's done night moves. She's done a crime yeah. movie. Yeah, that's uh, true, actually. So, she, hop, skip, and a jump. You know, she, she's sure. she's doing the new Goodfellas. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't think there's anything wrong though with like having your specific niche and like having your audience because they're going to be very dedicated to you. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, especially her movies, which are just designed to get under your skin and yeah. develop a strong emotional attachment just because of mm. how raw and painful they are. Mm. Uh, and how, like, or just how much, like, fear of the unknown is part of them and how it's, like, much mm -hmm. scarier fear of the unknown in oh, something yeah. like Meek's Cutoff than... Mm -hmm. Like, her movies are much scarier to me than, say, uh, we were talking about a hereditary before. Mm, for sure, yeah. yeah. Whereas Hereditary, yeah. I'm like, I'm watching this stuff and I'm disturbed by it, but I'm not like, mm -hmm. there is no apprehension or there's no, no. like a tingling fear that everything might be go apocalyptically yeah. wrong. Well, like, say, like, we were talking about Wendy and Lucy earlier, like, oh, like, is she going to be able to get her dog back is like yeah. so much more devastating. <laughs> yeah, because it's grounded in reality. You really yes. feel it. You're along, you're along with that character because, yeah. you know, talk about like an approach to verisimilitude, which really works, mm -hmm. uh, a, an approach to trying to capture the essence of reality mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, a, in a totally singular and totally successful. Mm hmm. Yeah, Kelly Reichardt, great movies. Yeah, Watch great, Kelly great Reichardt. Yeah. I think is what we're saying. That's a mm -hmm. big thing we're saying here. Yeah. Uh, do you like feel like you do you worry about like your work not being like mainstream enough? I mean, I, to some degree when you're making the penis comics, you know you're not <laughs> sure. You know you're not going to yeah. be like um well actually there was sort of an insp the inspiration there was Keith Herring who was mm. in a very real way making uh, big, successful mainstream penis mm -hmm. comics for people. Sure, yeah. I mean, he, he didn't show actual penises, but there was sure. definitely, mm -hmm. there was a queer romance embedded mm. inherently in his artwork, which he managed mm. to sell to millions of people, you know, mm. and not sell in the, in the like uh, gross capitalist sense, but he was able sure. to, you know, create something that was universally beloved that still contained um yeah a message that was true to him mm -hmm. and uh he did that through the simplification of characters mm, through making sure, sure. them sort of universally relatable but yeah. you know in in doing that he also showed these similar looking characters getting together so there was always that mm -hmm. subtext of sure of queer romance in there sure. and, um, i would like you know, I would like to be as successful as Keith Haring, and sure. I will achieve it. I, I believe I think it can be I think you'll get yeah. there, buddy. <laughs> I don't find your, like, comics that, like, I think they're just very funny. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Like, I don't uh, feel like they're, like, super abrasive, and the way that they're drawn is, like, very cute. I think it's, I don't know. 
Yeah, well, I worry about that sometimes, too. I worry about mm. if, like, mixing the cuteness with, like, the sex jokes, is that mm. going to get me in trouble or hot, sure. hot water one day? It's just like, I don't probably there's been not. like a there's been like a whole like reappraisal of crumb i think it's gonna come back around again yeah you know his stuff is i wouldn't describe it as cute well some sure. of it is some of it i think there's like he like i think he does like do, do very cutesy character designs and then fills it with some of the most ugly things you'll ever see yeah 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 there's some real fucked up crumbs out there <laughs> there's yeah. there's some ones yeah that... yeah I, I know I was like attracted to it uh, early because, you know, when you're a kid, you just like any cartoon. Oh, know? yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was watching The Critic when I was five years oh, old. Because, sure, me too. Yeah, I don't get any of these movie jokes, but it's yeah. a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and R. Crumb, I would just, you know, be thumbing through like a Crumb anthology at the local mm -hmm. bookstore and then come upon something I am not supposed to be reading. <laughs> like, what's the one where the family fucks each other? Joe oh, man. It's like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, it's Jesus disgusting. Christ. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, I'm sure his wife died recently. I'm very sad. Oh, that, that is sad. I don't think I heard about that, but that is sad. Uh, Aileen Kaminsky Crumb, because, you mm -hmm. know, he was... She was basically Crumb drew a very specific type of woman yeah. that he wanted, no. and yeah. then he no. got that. <laughs> yeah. It is like it's kind of beautiful, actually. Uh, yeah, willing, willing your wife into existence. <laughs> <laughs> like his work is definitely like objectifying, but there is like kind of something beautiful about him. I don't know, like uh, he finds a lot of beauty in like a woman that is not very traditional. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's his. You you seen the documentary? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's an incredible documentary. Oh yeah, one of the best ever. Zweigoff. Yeah. Zweigoff. Yeah. Yeah. You thought your family was fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that was that was should have been the tagline. I think that might have been the tagline. Really? Actually, okay. that was. Or I think I might be cribbing that from like a Roger Ebert or, or a Leonard Malton review. Oh, sure, sure. I didn't yeah. say fucked up, but you thought you, like, yeah, you thought your family was bad. Yeah, yeah. Look at oh, too. <laughs> um, but I uh, oftentimes I am uh, hugging my knees and rocking back and forth while listening to old forty fives. That movie it's so lot. funny that he's like the normal one out of the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was as best as you were as good as you were gonna do. Yeah, coming from that family, weird, <laughs> aggressively sexual comic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I I'm not as aggressively sexual. I'm more passively sure. sexual. Sure. <laughs> you don't uh, think I like incorporate too much sex into like anything I make, really? Yeah, I've been thinking about that recently, or because uh, Quentin Tarantino came out with a, I, I don't have sex scenes in movies, you know, yeah. I, you know, I don't see what they add, and everyone's pointing out all of like his disgusting feet shots sure. and everything yeah. like that, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I think it's, because uh, I was also watching Lynch, I was watching Lost mm. Highways, like, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of fuck scenes in David Lynch, yeah. I there's a lot of, yeah. all, and like success, like good, like hot fuck scenes, too, for sure, yeah. Like, not like yeah. ham-fisted fucks. Well, Lynch is like such a horny man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, unbelievably horny guy. Like he's the, it feels like a Boy Scout that just like stopped repressing himself and just kind of let everything out. Yeah, he got his Eagle Scout badge in horniness. Yeah. <laughs> got an Eagle Scout badge in in uh, sapphic sapphic romance. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, also, I was like kind of great though because it's it does just feel like all of his ugly feelings in one movie. <laughs> oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, yeah. that's uh, what a great uh, what a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a fucking great uh, now then uh, now Marilyn Manson, who's now mm-hmm. not good. We don't like Marilyn sure. Manson anymore. Sure. Yeah. Uh, David Bowie. Uh, we can still yeah. like David Bowie. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But I, yeah, I feel like a, a soundtrack that has a bunch of sex creeps on it. It's probably mm-hmm. good for Lost Highway. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's, it's I mean, that's, this is the movie with uh, Robert Blake in it. <laughs> yeah, it's got Beretta in it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's you know what? He's, he's very good in it. He's a, he's a, he seems like a man that's killed before. Yeah, guess yeah what? for sure. Yeah. He's, like, <laughs> he's been to my house before. Um, yeah. that It's funny when, like, somebody does something horrible, but they've only ever played, like, psychotic villains in movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not so bad when you go back to like kevin spacey you know i go back yeah to watch or like Seven tom and sizemore is a very good example yeah, yeah. Oh, you're terrible in real life and you're like, terrible in this movie Great like, oh maybe it's been like method acting yeah, for yeah. 30 years yeah. that's got it's tough for hollywood villains to maintain sure. that. you know uh yeah. michael ironside was a beast sure, <laughs> no, yeah. i'm sure he was a real good guy I he think seems like nice was, actually yeah yeah um I actually, you know, who's really good at playing assholes? Who's who's the opposite of, of an asshole is Michael McKeon. I really, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I love it when he plays villains because he has this natural warmth that gets mm-hmm. you to so sort of almost sympathize with them. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I loved about Chuck in Better Call Saul. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because initially you like are sympathetic to him before like you find out he tried to destroy his brother. <laughs> yeah, but also this the show never answers for you like is Chuck right or not. You, that's it's true. Still, actually, always like keeps you questioning of whether. Yeah. Well, is this self fulfilling prophecy or mm-hmm. is Jimmy a chimp with a machine gun? Can yeah. he not help himself? I think it's like nice that that show lives in the gray. And I think I think that is kind of what makes it. I think it's what's going to keep that show like uh, from aging poorly, and like, is what's going to make it last. Yeah, uh, it has a, in my opinion, a much better ending than Breaking Bad. I would agree. Um, I I don't think the Breaking Bad ending is like what I want. I do think it's like kind of interesting that it just ends with like, oh, like want one, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that yeah, it's funny that he gets everything he wants. He yeah. succeeds completely. He dies. Yeah. The money is going to be distributed. It's mm-hmm. fine. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, Jesse that is... escapes. Yeah. It's all good. Don't worry about it. There's something like very like funny about that. Like, because sometimes, like, you know, sometimes a bad person just gets away with everything and he wins and that's it. Yeah. Because uh, I think everyone was expecting like a very like Shakespearean ending where like everyone goes down and Walt like loses everything. But like, yeah. nope. Not at all. Yeah. Well, I think the show is fundamentally about a guy becoming a lo- from going from being a loser to a winner. Right. So yes, you have yeah. to have him win in the end, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and the point is he doesn't learn anything from it. No, no. <laughs> he learns that he was always the bad man. He like loves being a bad man. Yeah. That's a, that's pretty cool, you know, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Better it's not necessarily like a satisfying ending, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it'd be more interesting, I think, than, you know, having him just go through this endless series of uh, come up and sufferings, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and some people have said that you can just end it with Ozymandias, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I think you need to see a little of the aftermath. I, I think so, too. Yeah. And uh, I, I really like uh, uh, him. And uh, what's that actor's name? Oh God, he's so he's uh, oh Robert um, Forrester. Robert or, Forrester, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I like the, the episode after it like quite yeah. a bit. 
that's a really good episode of him just yeah. you know you get the really good walt suffering of him you know mm-hmm. paying thousands of dollars to play cards yeah. with robert forster yeah uh but bcs is nice because mm-hmm. it's it's sort of a redemption story but you're mm-hmm. not quite sure if a redemption has actually happened or not no yeah because uh, he also kind of wins on his term too yeah but his winning is much less okay i haven't alienated kim from my life completely yeah that's, yeah. that's the only prize he gets ultimately sure in the end, yeah which is, that is true. very sweet because at the heart yeah. it's a love story it is a love story it's yeah. a very sweet romantic story in many ways mm-hmm yeah, what you would what you would do to impress the only person who really understands you in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh from doing, you know, cuz part of uh, Jimmy's escalating behavior too is mm-hmm. uh, partially fueled by Kim and you know, obviously he sees that 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 sense of power while it also mm-hmm. disturbs her also empowers her as well, which is mm-hmm. why she gets wrapped up into it. Yeah. Mhm. Oh uh, yeah. What a, what a good show Better Call Saul. Great show. Great yeah. show, great show. Yeah, Excellent. I love Excellent. the Golden Gilligan gang, and I Odenkirk's like the best. Yeah, yeah. Did you see his uh, his action movie? Oh, uh, nobody. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was a fun time. That was like one of the first movies I watched uh, when we got out of lockdown. Yeah, nobody. Yeah. Uh, it's very funny that we're getting like action stars or the whatever semblance of a star we have left are these like. 58 year old guys who are, <laughs> yeah. who are now and like oh you got in weirdly good shape for a 58 yeah. year old man and now yeah. we'll see you fight thank you liam neeson thank you you know i think like part of it is like with age you just like look more interesting now like everybody used to make fun of keanu but now he's got like all of the weight on his face and now he's like got all these lived through many ghosts and now like he is compelling to watch yeah yeah because y- you have to uh, go from that generic face to getting that real mug on yeah you know, yeah you need that you know what's yeah. a great movie you know a movie that i saw recently featuring lots of great mugs is fucking exorcist 3 oh yeah i i exorcist 3 i i think a lot of people do this but like it's very underrated oh yeah yeah, uh, great movie. Come under reappraisal, but it's just got George C. Scott. They don't let people like George C. Scott in no. movies anymore. They no, don't they really don't. Those fucking crazy ass, like, yeah. latex model faces, <laughs> like uh, spirit Halloween faces. In. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think Odin Herc is a handsome man. He is also, like, a very interesting looking man. Yeah, yeah. You, he has distinct features. He sort of got that yeah. uh, sort of aquiline nose and yeah. the narrow eyes. And yeah, like, like I think a friend was saying, like Odenkirk looks like a Frank Miller drawing, which like is it? Yeah. I always think about. Yeah, he does because he's yeah. got the squinty eyes and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's fucking. Uh, yeah, I love. We we should have more people just going. Grr, 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 <laughs> yeah. <all the time. laughs> uh, <laughs> I really missed that fucking uh we we missed the boat with that. We had dread and we let mm-hmm. that drop through our fingers. Yeah. The revival of 80s action tropes. Yeah. I do love Carl Urban. I wish I hope Carl Urban gets some good movies. After the Boys. After the Boys. On that I've actually never watched uh, The Boys. I do hear it's good though. It's pretty good. You know, I yeah. got to say it's pretty um a lot of the heavy lifting is done by the the Homelander fella. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, because whatever else that show has, uh, Anthony, oh, what's his name? 
Fury, Anthony, something. I don't know. Mm. But that actor is really good at because everyone. Oh, what if Superman were evil? You know, yeah. that's that's like obviously that's a bad situation. But sure. uh, the way that the actor in the show portrays it is it's like the the consummate menace. Just, mm. you know, coming in waves off of him is really good. He really That's interesting. That bit. Yeah. And every scene with him is electric. Mm. And the rest of the stuff is, you know, it's all right, you know. Sure. But anytime Homelander's on screen, it's like, oh, anything, oh, anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, was there a movie? What was the last movie you saw you really hated? Or, like, do you think mm. about a movie you hate that often? Uh, well, it's funny because we talked about Bo. That is a movie that I initially had came out like kind of mad that I hated the last half of it. But I think it's like an, I've, I'm, uh, I want to give it another chance. Yeah, it might might deserve uh, rewatchings, or it might just be a, a movie that spins out. Uh, yeah. In, in its own, uh, in its own uh, self congratulatory. Sure. Yeah. Uh, way, you know, people were criticizing Babylon for being that mm. Babylon. Yeah, I didn't really like Babylon either. Babylon, I like a lot less than Bo. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Babylon? I have not seen Babylon. I'm like, okay. I don't like Damien Chazelle. I don't okay. know what sure. it is about yeah. his movies. Or I liked Whiplash, but then I came like to Whiplash. a horror that he actually thinks that type of competition jazz music is like good music. Sure. And yeah, he clearly like, loves it. Oh, man, your taste is very suspect. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's, he yeah. makes you know way better movies than I could make. But uh, I like First Man quite a bit. I wasn't. I, I have mixed feelings about La La Land. Yeah, I I I stayed away from his previous movies just because like uh, uh, yeah, there there's something about even the trailers for La La Land that rubbed mm. me the wrong way. Sure, but that sort of like. The thing of like Hollywood, Holly, mm. it's Hollywood. It's nice. Yeah. That's that's not the LA I like. The LA I like no. is that it's that glitz, but terrible things are happening beneath the surface. Well, that is a big part of Babylon, but like it also the way that he does it does not. I don't know. Uh, he does it. There's a lot of like oh, there's a lot of like grime and evil and murder and like sex crimes that are Hollywood, but it feels. I don't know. It doesn't feel lived in in the way that, say, like Scorsese would maybe do it. Yeah. Is there a smoothness to it? There's a smoothness to it. I think it just feels like too polished. I think, I think Whiplash is like a very interesting movie, uh, interesting movie to me because I do kind of feel like Chazelle is a man that like is going for like this technical perfection, but like isn't sure whether that means greatness. I think that's like very interesting coming from him. Yeah. Yeah, somebody who believes that you can numbers your way into creating yes. something something good. Yeah. And, like, I don't think other... I, I really like Whiplash for that reason. I'm, like, not... And I, I like First Man a lot, too, but I'm, like, not quite sure uh, if anything else he has done, like, quite hits that. And I think it's, like, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone, you know, I, I, should, I should pick these movies up. I should watch La La Land. To register, but I'm a real jazz snob too. Sure, yeah. Are you like uh, a what? What jazz do you like? Uh, I uh, uh, I'm I'm like Tim Heidecker in that. Uh, I think he's <laughs> no, but, uh, no, but the jazz I do like, I I really like free jazz and stuff. Mm. Like, I really like you know post seventies, you know fusion and oh, sure. uh, improv, like yeah. uh, fully improvised shit. You know, like last sure. exit. 
uh, yeah. and stuff like that. And um, hmm. it, it, there was sort of like in the 80s, there was a bit of a jazz war going on between mm -hmm. guys like Wynton Marsalis, who saw jazz as this thing that basically ended in the 60s, basically ended hmm. with cool jazz. And Miles Davis mm -hmm. was like the last the last guy mm. uh, versus this world of much freakier you know, more experimental stuff that came out after the 80s um, that was sort of kept down by the the big jazz, you know, the, mm -hmm. the Lincoln Center people. That's interesting. Um, and uh, I see La La Land as more hearkening towards that Wynton Marsalis style of, of mm -hmm. jazz music than the sure. sort of uh, uh, a little than the wilder stuff after. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. But I wouldn't want to see Damien Chazelle make a free jazz movie. That would be <laughs> Damien Chazelle's Sunrise. <laughs> he understands Afrofuturism, sure. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a bad joke, which is like, Wes Anderson, he's done India. He's done mm -hmm. Japan. I think it's time for him to do the Democratic Republic of the Congo. I think that's <laughs> Oh, man. I think we should see it. I think Wes Anderson's Africa. <laughs> oh, no. He just does his Tintin movie. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, uh, Michael, uh, mm -hmm. we've been talking for, talking for a bit. Yeah. Uh, I think this might be a good time to end movie chat. Yeah. Sure. Movie chat. Mm -hmm. That's what we're calling it now. It's not really movie. <laughs> uh, do you have any plugs? Do you want to plug anything? Uh, I, I made a short recently that I'm quite proud of called uh, Mama Frisbee's Sick Boys. Um, you would find it on my, uh, I, I think I have it pinned right now to my Twitter, or you could also find it on Vimeo. Uh, please check that out. Uh, I can also plug my Twitter handle, which is uh, at Sarata Chow. Uh, that's at... Uh, S-R-I-R-A-C-H-A-C-H-A-U, or you can just look for Mr. Chow, C-H-A-U. Uh, yeah, please check me out. Hell yeah. Well, it was excellent talking to you. Yeah, it was great talking to you, Alex. Yeah, we'll keep on the, we'll keep on the Twitter until yeah. it dies. Yeah. Until it flames out and crashes. Oh, man. Well, I feel like it's going to actually probably end up living forever. You yeah, keep projecting it's going to go down, but it's going to... Yeah, right. It's well. I'm not leaving. Nobody's leaving. No, no. There's not another really good forum where you can yell at anyone. Yeah, I've been hearing some stuff about that new like what Blue Sky or whatever. Blue Sky. But, it's yeah. okay. We'll see. Yeah. Are you on it? I'm on it. I got some. We're doing some stuff. It's a lot of tech people that are currently okay. on it, which Interesting. is to be expected. Mm, sure, sure. Uh, early adopters, we call. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. See you on the internet later. See you, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>